I still like kind of had the progressive idea that like Paul wasn't a significant figure. <laughs> and um and yeah, I just it was not good. So <laughs> I came across Will's channel because he interviewed Goddess Grey and I was all about Goddess Grey because she made me feel safe. Um but Christianity isn't about feeling safe. Hi guys, welcome to the Church Split. My name is Will. We got Brian with us as normal. And today we have a special guest with us. But first, please like and subscribe to the Church Split. You would hate to miss out any of our awesome content or our not so awesome content, uh, depending on, I guess, who you might be. Uh, so with that being said, guys, uh, don't forget to do all the internet stuff. And if you want to support this ministry, support us on Patreon. And speaking of Patreon, we want to give a special thank you to our patrons because you're the ones who allowed what happened today be possible. Now, granted, I think... Brandy, I, I, I think am you, a patron. Yeah, so you can <laughs> technically pay for this. Um, other people just helped carry the load. So, guys, this is might not be a big interview for all of you, but this is actually a huge interview for Brian and I. Uh, and the reason why is because Brian and I cooked up this idea in a Taco Bell with Tabby, who's our editor, and we didn't think that anyone could actually, I don't know. It's just weird when you're like, I don't know. We want to start this ministry. Is it even going to be helpful? Yeah. We're just going to say things at a camera. So mostly it's going to be you say things at a camera. Yes. Well, at I the am. time you had not agreed to even be on here. But yeah, we, so. we really weren't thinking about what the impact would be as much as just, just talking. Right. So then, uh, we did, uh, a response to Brenda God is gray, her pro choice Christian video. And then this girl, <laughs> jumps in our comment section and starts telling us how we're wrong and we're mean. And then she started judging us on judging others. And uh, Brian and I started just arguing with this girl because that's what we do. We don't know how not to argue with people. And we go back and forth. And I'm like, oh, my word. This girl is like, she's hardcore into the liberalism and all this stuff. And oh, my goodness, she just doesn't understand biblicism. And then it turned it from comment section to comment section because you would go to different episodes and then eventually turned to emailing. Uh, and then it turned into Brandy, long story short, and we're, this is what the interview is going to be part of, about is her journey uh, to turning to an Orthodox faith. And it was mind numbing that God could use some dorks up here in, in Michigan to be able to reach somebody. So with that being said, Brandy Parker, welcome to the church split. How are you? <laughs> I'm great. Thank you for having me on the church split. We, oh, I need to be closer. There oh, you sorry. go. Closer <laughs> to the mic. There we go. Now, it is actually, yes. So uh, it is nice to be on the church split. We didn't want you to be over Zoom or Skype like other guests because it was personal at this point. We had argued enough where it was about time we met. But it also is the creepiest thing because it's like, all right, we, we when you were like, hey, look, I get it now. I understand the biblicism. All right, this is what God's doing in my life. And we're talking to you about this. It was super exciting. We're like, oh, how cool would it be to have her up here and talk to her in person? And then we're like, all right, how do you even ask a girl like you're like, hey, I know like we're on social media and you've never met us before, but want to come up up here to a, per a man's house whom you've never met and hang out in his basement for a little while. Like, well, studio. <laughs> yeah, it's super creepy. I felt, I felt a little bit better about it because you guys have families and everything. I think it would be kind of weird if you both were single and inviting me, but <laughs> since yes. you have like families and children, I wasn't really afraid that you were going to 
I don't know. Try to murder you a little bit less. (laughs) Um, So I was a little bit more into it because of that, but I was just telling Will, like, I was actually thinking about coming up here before he even invited me. Um, I don't know. I just, I was like planning on flying up here at some point and then he invited me and I was like, yeah, let's do it. So here. It was so awesome. Yeah, no, it's been a lot of fun to get to become your friend. It's been a lot of fun getting to know you, especially now meeting you in person. Um, that we, was one thing, too. I, Whenever I was in the comments, like, you know, blowing up, blowing you up, um, <laughs> I, well, I was thinking there's no way somebody like this is actually, would actually want to be friends with me. And I still didn't think that while Brian was arguing with me. And I just... <laughs> I just didn't believe that that could be true. But then I don't know when, but at some point I was, I was just thinking, um, this could like, he, he could actually be my friend. I don't know when that happened, but I do know that in the mountains of Boone one night I was out there and at this point I was super into like progressive Christianity and, um, fully embracing like my identity with bisexuality and um and I heard the Holy Spirit tell me that because okay I was I was struggling with the idea of who was going to be my leadership like who was going who I could confide in about like questions that I had about theology and I I heard the Holy Spirit tell me that um Will was going to be a really powerful person in my life. And then um, another guy named Kevin, who is from my hometown, and he was the first person who I, like, ruthlessly attacked about abortion. (laughs) (laughs) I was so angry with him. Like, it was not good. Um, But both of you guys, I I haven't. I haven't really talked to Kevin, (laughs) but but I have talked to you. and I don't know, ever since the Holy Spirit kind of revealed that to me, I was a little bit more open. And I was thinking, maybe I'll give this dude a chance. Maybe I'll give Brian a chance. I didn't like, Bri- I didn't like Brian at first. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know? Can I interject on that, by the way? That is so <laughs> refreshing. Right, yeah. One person didn't like me, okay? Because well. <laughs> everyone else watches the church split, like, Brian's cool, but screw that Will guy. And then when Brandy's like, I hated Brian, I'm like, yes! Finally, someone on my team. But I like Brian now. I like Brian now. No, we don't. We hate him. We just want... <laughs> Just we gotta keep that for the status quo here. This is I gotta we have gotta a win. Protect his his ego. I gotta have ready. a win. So, and it, but yeah, that and it's been so crazy that got that's when when that whole thing went down. I was like, Brian, God's gonna use this. Like this is and this is that's what made this. And you and I have talked about this. How our friendship and everything has worked. It's been this has been a God thing. This has been a providence thing. And you, we have no control over that part of it. God's behind the scenes working things out as he does. So now the next thing is I would love for people to just kind of get to know you because you mentioned already a couple things that you were into progressive Christianity, embracing your identity as bisexual and all these different things. So I think it'd be cool to walk this back a little bit uh, and and just tell us a little bit about yourself. What is your church background? How were you raised in the church and how you ended up going into the progressivism and all that stuff that uh, impacted your ideology and thought life? Well, I grew up in an well in an evangelical Baptist church, and I mean, 
some parts of it were really good. I led worship for a hot minute and um, I don't know. I, I met some really, really great people from that church, but um, actually, well, at, a, at age 11 or 12, I, at a church camp, um, I think that I, I ultimately think that this happened because there was an issue with like superiority and um, like unhealthy hierarchy in the church. And um, basically what happened was I was like hugging boys and loving you, up on boys or whatever. You touched a boy? I touched a boy. How dare you? And um, yeah, so my leaders, well, what the, the um, lead pastor actually had this thing called Kangaroo Court where he would like bring up people and basically shame them for like different rules that they were breaking like if they weren't wearing if they were wearing flip-flops or like kangaroo court yeah kangaroo, kangaroo court oh kangaroo court yeah why kangaroos i don't know i i don't know <laughs> that's all i want to know right now i know i don't i don't know well, kangaroo court is like a, a common name for a, a sham court so it's kind of funny if they called it that <laughs> oh that's funny so anyways <laughs> They uh, brought me up and, like, made me um, touch one of the youth leaders in front of everybody, like, touch his stomach. And, like, it, the, it was basically saying you deserved you, you deserved to touch somebody who you don't want to touch because you're hugging boys. What? And you have hormones. <laughs> That's super weird and creepy. So, yeah. Um, and That's then, so creepy. <laughs> We have not heard this story until right now, and Will and I are both like... Y'all haven't heard this story until no. right now? No, as first I'm hearing it, I'm over here like, I'm going to need more... I'm going to need stronger beer. Yeah. Um, wow. So that's kind of where, like, my church hurt started, but I still led worship for these people, like, all throughout high school, and I just suppressed it because it wasn't really an option for me to quit leading worship for them because I was underage and I like couldn't decide I'm just done with church now. Um, <laughs> because my parents were taking me. Um, and so, but they didn't know about this. I kept this very secret because the leadership was telling me, you know, I would get in trouble if I told them, um, if I told my parents. And so, <laughs> wow. Yeah, um, and then they the next year, I basically was like, "Screw you guys!" and I made out with this dude at church camp. <laughs> and, Confessing all the sins right now. Yeah, and um, and so he brought me into his office because he had seen me on the camera. He brought me and the guy who I made out with in the office, and you know he was telling me. I could lose my job and, you know, I should send you home right now. And you're lucky I'm not telling your parents. And, um, you know, the guy who I made out with, um, <laughs> he, <laughs> he was just like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I didn't mean it. And he was just being like very sweet and respectful. And I was just like, <laughs> I, just, I was like send me home <laughs> I was not having I'm done it. with this place yeah I was but I also was a little bit scared because I didn't want to get in trouble you know with my parents but I don't think I would have gotten in trouble now 
that I'm thinking back on it. Like, I think if they would have known, they would have been horrified. Um, <laughs> I know that if they would have known, they would have been horrified. But um, so that's sort of where it all started <laughs> with my relationship with the church and with Jesus. I like associated Jesus with um, just. I don't know. Poor leadership. Yeah, and shame. Right. Mm. Yeah. And that's, that actually happens to a lot of people who have experienced like church trauma, is they associate God and Jesus with all the horrible things they've experienced in the past. And it's one of those things that that's one of the people, people who don't fully understand like my passion, my ministry, why I do what I do, like why I have, you know, a beer here or whatever. <laughs> it's to constantly ch challenge that because it's like, no, no, those people aren't Jesus, those people aren't God. And those people aren't scripture. Yeah. So yeah, I, I mean, I totally understand that because I almost fell into the same trap. So I totally get it. Mm -hmm. So anyway, didn't mean to interrupt you. Just wanted no, to comment good. on that. You're good. Yeah, I was just, um, I was just super angry, you know. But I was very private about it, and I never felt worthy of praying. Like I led worship for years, and I just never prayed because I, I don't know. I just felt like the whore on display and like, I wasn't worth pray. Like I wasn't good enough to pray. And so, um, and I also didn't pray privately because of that. And so <clears throat> then, <laughs> um, I think it was my junior year of high school. I just couldn't do it anymore. And I quit and it was a whole thing. <laughs> um, because, I mean, I led worship. Like, I was the worship leader. We traveled to other churches and sang. Um, so I was very involved, and nobody knew. They just knew that I was kind of scary <laughs> and angry looking. <laughs> they were like, this girl brings the Holy Spirit, but she angry. I'm like, like, <laughs> She's more so, dragging Holy Spirit with her. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's where that happened. And... Um, my junior year, I just kind of quit. Um, I quit with everything, and I was just done with God, with the Christian God. And um, I still believe that there was a God, but I just wasn't sure if it was the Christian one. And I doubted that it was the Christian one because of what had happened. Um, and I went to college, basically, uh, you know dated women and dated men and did whatever I wanted. <laughs> um, and, you know, sin is fun for a short time. And then it starts to wear on you. And that's what started to happen to me. I just, it was weird because I didn't make the connection that, like, my choices were part of what was making me very depressed and like suicidal and reckless. And I just thought it was just happening, you know, I just, that's just who I was, you know, there was no reason for that. Uh, and I, that wasn't the entire reason. I mean, there were outside reasons as well. So it was like the sin of the world basically was contributing to that. And, um, so I went through college, super depressed. Um, everybody, my parents, my friends, like afraid that I was just gonna die one day. That was after I was saved because I, like the Holy Spirit came to me on the parkway and- Was this when you were in college then? Yes. Okay. Um, I had Christian friends 
and um well I had one like genuine Christian friend who was orthodox <laughs> and um I loved her but you know obviously I thought she was crazy but um <laughs> <laughs> so we get that sometimes too so that yeah. makes sense <laughs> uh but she really like she just showed me that um she could exist in my world but not sin with me and i thought that was really interesting that is interesting yeah so i really appreciated that and my mom was praying for me really hard like very hard <laughs> Um, and my dad too, you know, my dad was praying too. And, uh, I was on the parkway and I heard the, well, I was really distressed about justice in the world. Um, because I had been through sexual trauma in college as well. Mm. Um, and I just came to the conclusion that human humanity will never bring justice like, we just can't. We're not capable. Like, perfect justice, right? Yeah, right and right. so I was like, well, then what could, you know? <laughs> and then the Holy Spirit was like, I'm here. And I was like, Because ah! <laughs> I was not. Like, I didn't mean that literally. Like, hold on a second. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, I, yeah, I was not expecting that. And, you know, I asked if it was the Christian God heard a yes and um and then i kind of connected the dots like okay if this is the christian god then the story of salvation is true so i was asking about like am i um equally as deserving of hell as people who have abused me even if we haven't um committed the same sin and I received a yes, and I was like, <laughs> uh, <laughs> and so then I repented, but, um, and I was actually kind of having like visions. This is why I was driving. I'm really glad I'm like, I didn't die, <laughs> but <laughs> like the Holy Spirit definitely had me because I was driving and yeah. So, uh, I know I was on the parkway, but I just kind of had like visions of times where like people had sinned against me and in return I ended up hurting and sinning against other people like because of the sin that had happened to me. It was just like a cycle and I kind of saw that like I just it was like I observed that in my life at that moment in like different visions of me hurting different people and them hurting me and just a conglomeration of things. Um, and yeah, so it was kind of like repentance and forgiveness happening all in one. Now, I mean, I had to break down forgiveness a little bit further a couple weeks out because I, I felt I, I really needed to process some things because <laughs> I've been like suppressing really hard, um, and just kind of forgot about, I, I, I just was not. I wasn't constantly thinking about people hurting me and me hurting other people. That just wasn't a thing on my mind. I was too busy, you yeah, know, being, living life. Yeah. Um, so that happened. And then I came across, um, then I came across Will's chance. 
Like, I came across the church split. I think we had like 200 subs at the time, too. Yeah. Like, we were a baby <laughs> channel. Yeah. Filming so my old living room. I And at the time, I was really about God is Gray. And so at this point, so just so we're clear. So at this point, I'm just trying to help make, make sure we're keeping yes. the, the, the things. So you were in college. This is when you also, like I said, you dated men, you dated women. Uh, then you had an encounter with the Holy Spirit, which is a very raw moment for anyone yeah and then you but because of this you still weren't didn't have a lot of what's the word you weren't anchored yet Mm -hmm. like in what okay what's biblical faith i don't even know what this looks like yet but i know god is real i've now had a direct (laughs) direct line to him at this point so now you're pulled into like liberal progressive christianity because that's kind of where you were at at the time yeah so you're all about that so i just want to make sure we're following the timeline so it's not like you weren't saved, but you were saved out of those things, but you're still struggling with some of those things. Right. Is that, is that my, right. okay, cool. Yes. So I'll make sure we're clear. Um, and it was funny because I would hear the Holy Spirit and re like, because after this, I all in this revelation, I also knew that the Bible was true. Like that was a truth that came to me. And so I was like very much reading the Bible every day and engulfed in the Bible and, you know, this day I was like, yeah, like you can be a Christian and date when like I can be a Christian and I can date other women and I can be a Christian and be pro-choice. And and then I started reading the Bible and I was like, this doesn't line up. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, so I would read the Bible and I'd be like, oh, but I, I still wasn't convinced that it was um the perfect, you know, it was the word of God. I still like kind of had the progressive idea that like Paul wasn't a significant figure. (laughs) And, um, and yeah, I just, it was not good. So (laughs) I came across Will's channel because he interviewed God is gray. And I was all about God is gray because she made me feel safe. Um, but Christianity isn't about feeling safe. So, Ooh. so write that quote down. Yeah, um, it's really not like it's about conviction and sanctification. So, yeah, when you're um, like, oh, it makes me feel safe. You read the whole New Testament. Like, oh, you mean everyone <laughs> died? Yeah, <laughs> there's nothing safe about this. Yeah. So um, when I and I just want to go back to the question you ask yourself is like, am I as sinful and deserving of hell as? as these people that have wronged me. And I think all of us, a lot of Christians, I guess maybe not all, but a lot of Christians will just like say that in passing, like, oh yeah, we're all sinners, right? But I think you asked that question in such a powerful way as like... And genuinely. Yeah, am I as deserving as hell as all these people that I'm upset about? You said you were angry at the time. So I don't know, that would just kind of struck me as something. And I think you really show the repent. You have to really understand your sinful nature, your sinful behavior, your um, disdain for God's laws at that time. And I think we all do that. And that's why Galatians 3 talks about like the laws there so that we realize we're wrong. Mm-hmm. And you realize you're wrong and you were asking yourself those tough questions. So good for you. I think there's a lot of Christians that have not asked that question of themselves yet. I think well, we get that I kind of self-righteousness. God because I definitely wasn't just talking to myself. I, it yeah. was like a conversation but and I and I was very shocked that um, I was talking to God. Period. <laughs> um, you know. Doesn't yeah. it also show though too? Because like, so I, growing up, 
I was always heard, when was the moment you were saved? When was that moment you, bam, everything fell into place and you just got saved and all the Bible clicked and all of a sudden you were just this whole new creation and suddenly you could go out and preach the gospel. It also shows the fact that you can get saved and you can have an encounter with God, but sometimes it's a process still of sanctification of yeah. like, of pruning your branches and letting God reveal to you some of these little things in your life that are the, the excess fat, so to speak, if that makes sense. Because mm -hmm. it's like, yeah, you were saved, but then you were still like, oh, but I can still do these things. Mm -hmm. And then it took time for the Holy Spirit to work in yeah. you to go, no, actually you can't. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, sanctification, My this happened last May. Um and I think I accidentally told you last night that it happened last March, but it happened last May. Last May, May, March, <laughs> MM, it's fine. Um, but it happened last May, so I've really only um, been studying Christianity for a year and like engaging and building a relationship with God for a year. And so there is a lot, a lot, a lot that I don't know. Um, <laughs> And that I need to learn about like living a whole like living in holiness. Um, but at least I have the foundation. Uh, like okay, I think the issue with progressive Christianity is they're not really looking at what they're being saved from. You know, like. They believe in a God. They believe in a loving God. They believe in a, I guess they believe in a just God. I don't know. But, and that's kind of where I was. But in order for those ideas to logically line up, you really have to, I mean, you have to die to self and um, figure out where truth lies. And like the idea that God loves us I mean, God does love us. God loves us deeply. And I felt that, and I still feel that very strongly. But sometimes I don't feel that, you know, like sometimes I'm numb to that. And, um, and like actually reading the word and reading about how God loves us um, through truth and through sanctification and through conviction. Um, I just, I don't see that very much in the progressive narrative. Um, like, it's like we're not being, we're not being saved. Like, they're not being, we're not being saved if, if we're not dying to self. Because right. we're yeah. still living in captivity to our sin. And we're not confessing, we're not confessing that it's actually sin. Well, um and didn't you say, too, when you were in progressive Christianity, when you're doing all those things, that you were so anxious and depressed yeah. all the time? Yeah. Like, and it just goes to show because you're trying to still fulfill the flesh while also trying to fulfill the spirit. And those it two things, work. yeah, they do not come together. And as someone who also was a horrible teenager <laughs> and did a lot of horrible things, I can say the fact that those two worlds don't meet. And which is why I think uh, in the progressive world, you do see a lot of the, the higher depression rates. You see the higher anxiety. And it's like, well, it's because you haven't learned, like you, the, the way you've worded it, and you said this a lot last night too, is the idea of dying to self. And which is not popular because the whole point is you have to accept yourself, be yourself. and be yeah. yourself and love yourself. And instead it's like, no, no, no. I have to love the image of God in yeah. me that he made me for, but I have to deny the sin within me. So that it's just... 
dichotomy. You have to ask the honest question of what parts of you are truly the image of God, you know, um, and which parts of you are sin. Um, and whenever you do that, I mean, the only way you can really know that is through the word. Um, and I mean, there are other, I mean, I get revelation, but you have to make sure that your revelation <laughs> lines up with the word. Um, and I don't know, I just don't see that a lot. And well, <laughs> whenever things really started to shift for me, um, not with my sexuality yet, that took a little bit longer for me to let go of, um, because it's so personal, but <clears throat> other parts of me, like, I don't know, just other parts of me that just were wicked, um, I really saw change through, like, just by being in the Word and learning about the Word. And my friends at the time, I lost friends. And that was what kind of, I don't know, it just sparked something in me. But I also, I also received scripture about um, God being, you know, the Lion of Judah and protecting us. And, you know, if our enemies don't repent, then they will be punished for what they do. And before my friends, my friend, my friends dropped me at election time because, because, <laughs> because I didn't vote for Joe Biden, but I also didn't vote for Trump. So, you know, they were like, well, that's just a waste of a vote. But, um, safe to say Jorgensen. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I, um. I don't know. I lost all my friends during that. Actually, that I'm sorry. I don't yeah, mean to interrupt. But I remember when you came like out as an Orthodox Christian online. Mm -hmm. Like you not like you. I'm sorry. I might yeah. be getting ahead of your you're, story you're a little good. bit. You're good. You're good. But one of the things that you said was like God was. You know, and also, by the way, uh, so before I mentioned this part, I do think it's cool how God works with people differently. Mm -hmm. um, like he's communicating with you on a deep level. And for like, and the way he communicated to me was uh, at a deep level, but then it was me growing in him by just studying everything, trying to understand everything about him. Uh, and that was how I grew. Mm -hmm. And then for you, it was like, you just leaned into the Holy Spirit so much. And I think that's something that a lot of people can learn from. Because for me, I was, it took me a while to learn to just, it's okay to lean into the Spirit mm -hmm. a little bit there. Mm -hmm. um, but anyway, but one of the things that you said that the Spirit was basically like, you need to proclaim where you stand on things now. Yeah, that happened before I even did proclaim. That happened actually a couple days after that revelation because I was so wrapped up in my identity and I heard the Holy Spirit speak to me that morning. Okay, today you're going to die to self. <laughs> and I was like, what? How and about I, tomorrow? I hadn't even read that in the Bible yet. Like, wow. I, I hadn't even read about that yet. And I was like, what does this mean? And... Um, and then it came up in the Bible, and um, and then I was actually on a jog, like I was jogging and just like worshiping and dancing around. <laughs> People thought it was really weird. Uh, Pulling pull a David in the streets. <laughs> yes, yes, <laughs> that was me. Is it safe to say that before all of this, that you you were a progressive in in politics? Yes. So, and I think not to pick on progressive Christianity all the way tonight, but I think this is true of a lot of people that when 
when they are saved and they, and they are justified, I think the first step of that sanctification process is, is really still, unless it's like really a drastic change, something's really going on in your life, that you kind of try to meet God at your current political and cultural and yeah. personal perspective. So like, okay, these are the things I believe. Now I just added God into the mix. Mm-hmm. So what what's, <laughs> what do I do with this? <laughs> what's what's progressive with Christianity? Yeah. Okay, what's progressive with Christianity? Uh-huh. And I think you see this with conservatives too. I see I think you see this with charismatic charismatic stuff. I think all levels of different Christianity. I think and we have some people from friends in Africa where they have these different arguments where they're trying to put like the the Africans' gods and kind of their culture into Christianity and they're fighting that. So it's a completely different cultural thing. But I think we all tend to go, okay, God, well, you, all right, I'm saved now. You come sit by me where this is where I am. Where I'm comfortable. And mm-hmm. the sanctification saved, process, yeah. the <laughs> sanctification process, as you said, a die to self is dying to your personal convictions and replacing them with Christ. And I think it's so cool that yours is so obvious, which is really cool to see. Yeah, yours was a whole shift. (laughs) Like, like, like... I am progressive. I am pro-choice. I am. Uh, I'm. I'm bisexual. Pro-LGBT. I'm these. Oh, I can't be those things. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, but it wasn't. Just... It wasn't just a snap. I mean, I came out with it, and it was very fast. So I. I can. I'm yelling, but I can see how that would be. Um, I don't know. It could come off as I made that decision in one day, but. Like I said, like a couple of days after my revelation, the Holy Spirit actually, while I was dancing in the streets, the Holy Spirit told me, okay, so if you love me, then you're going to proclaim to the world that being gay is a sin. And I was like, this is not God. This is not God. This is not who I was having a conversation with. And um, turns out it was. So... <laughs> um, that was just a long, but I think what really shifted my perspective on that was hearing testimonies from gay men who like are only attracted to the same sex who live celibate, like who are celibate now, like Beckett Cook or Sam Albury, um, hearing their testimonies and how they aren't miserable in celibacy blew my mind because I think that has been the underlying issue like since I was a child is um like I've never been content single except for right now (laughs) 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 Uh, but I you know like growing up I always thought that I needed to have a boyfriend or girlfriend to like have worth like that's what I drew my worth from And instead of, you know, pastors actually sitting down and having a conversation with me about that because they saw it happening um, and they saw me acting out, instead of sitting down and asking me, hey, like, why are you doing this? Why do you feel like you you are fine? Like, Like, why do you feel like your worth lies in men? Because I only dated boys at that time. Not publicly. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so. Just confessing all the sins here, Brandy. Just uh, <laughs> confessing all of them. <laughs> um, Feeling pretty Catholic right now, actually. <laughs> yeah, like, forgive me, Father, I have sinned. I have to make a confession. Um, yeah, so they just never asked me. They just kind of avoided it. And 
just assumed that I think they thought that um, me trying to find my worth in men was, I mean, they thought that it was insecure and it was insecure, but they didn't have compassion for that. It was sort of like, okay, so you're insecure, so you're weak and we're just going to use you for your talent and watch you get burned out and just not address this issue. Well, I think it goes into a lot of like churches. And I've said this before as a pastor who's been a pastor and has done a lot of leadership in that. I think it also goes to that a lot of people in ministry are ill-equipped. They like, yes. for example, they might look at, they'll be like, oh my gosh, so Brandy, oh, she's always got to be dating a boy. She's got to be dating somebody. So that's where she finds her worth. Okay. I have no idea how to talk to her about that. I'm ill-equipped for that conversation. So instead of even attempting, I'm just going to ignore it. Just ignore it. And then, oh my gosh, did you hear Brandy's like living this promiscuous lifestyle, (laughs) blah, blah, blah. And it's like, but you didn't, when you are observing this and you're doing nothing. And then there's the other version, the ones that where they have no idea, so they ignore it. Then the other version is, oh, I don't approve of that. So I'm going to come down with a hammer on her. And then, oh my goodness, I can't believe she'll never come back to church. It's like the pastors are so ill-equipped to just sit down have a raw conversation like, hey, why is it that you do this? What, what are your thoughts here? And, you know, is there a way I can help you maybe? Like try yeah. to seek that out because what's funny is a lot of people might see somebody dating a lot, right? And they might think, oh, that person's dating a lot because they got hormones and they're just horny, right? I mean, that's part of it, but... <laughs> <laughs> and Brian turned 50 I shades of red. <laughs> but or then there's the other one it's like oh they're just they're just uh always have to be the center of attention and so therefore they That's have what to they thought. You know, there's and they just implement that as opposed to like, well, maybe I should sit down and find out why this person's doing that because it could be multiple motivations as to what's going on there. But then also, I will say this as far as like, oh, they're hormonal and they're horny. I will say this: we also need to normalize a little bit that it's okay, right? Like Paul literally says, "It's better to marry than to burn." Yeah, that he's being polite there when he's saying it's better to get married so y'all can like actually get some like romp on so <laughs> then for you to sit there and be horny and alone like that's Sorry. what that's what paul's saying like can we just cut the crap on that like you're reading that paul what he's saying. yeah he's literally he, and and so i think there's also that the church should normalize the fact that it's like no young people can be young <laughs> and have sexual desire that what the church should be doing is encouraging the right way to really said sexual desire, yeah, which is... Yeah, but I wasn't ready to be married at 13, you know? Right. Like, so there also needs to be a conversation about how to deal with that desire um, in a God-honoring way. Actually, And how difficult that is. Yeah. Actually, let's, let's, let's take a moment to actually talk about this. I'd like to flesh this out. This is right, completely off the cuff. This entire <laughs> uh, discussion is uh, completely unscripted. So... One of the things that I think happened there, because you went into that, obviously, I mean, you were, you know, bisexual, all stuff, promiscuity was there. But I think also it's because the church doesn't approach or talk about sexual things. No. Out, and as soon as they do, they get uncomfortable. And then they just kind of, well, please take you and your sexual promiscuity. Be gone. I don't want to deal with you anymore. Right. So why do you think that is? Because I think one of the reasons why, and correct me if I'm wrong, that you were drawn to progressive Christianity and stuff is because it is welcoming 
of those things and it's less harsh to you because the church can be very harsh when it comes to sexual sins, right? Mm -hmm. So if they're super harsh, who are you going to go to the most? Those who are going to welcome you with open arms. And accept your idols, yeah. Right. Like the idol of, like, sex. Um, and it's funny because like, progressive Christianity just embraces it, but... A lot of churches, like even Orthodox churches, um, they still have that idol of like they they hold an idol of sex up, but they're just yep. so private about it and just hold so much shame that they don't know what to do with. Like they don't have any guidance on it, um, and that's one thing. Like as a woman who struggles with it. Um, Honestly, <laughs> I mean, you hear about in church, like, support groups for men um, maybe struggling with porn or whatever. Like, you hear about that all the time. Absolutely. But yeah. you never hear about that for women. Oh, that's, that's a great, a great point. And <laughs> let me just say, like, that is really scary whenever you come to the realization that you are expected to, like, that you're expected to live holy and not in sexual immorality, but you don't have any accountability for it. Oh. And you're too afraid to ask for accountability for it because... Because the church... Shame. Yeah, well, because the church is like, oh, yeah, men men struggle with sexual sin. That's a struggle men have. Women don't have that, so we don't need to worry about it. So when a woman does have it, it's what just, do do? yeah, well, if I admit it, then they're just going to think I'm a harlot or yeah. I'm a horrible, dirty, disgusting woman. I dare not speak of this struggle I have. So it's better to keep, and I say this all the time, at the moment you start normalizing keeping a sin private because of your culture, that sin just gets worse Yeah, every single time. And Will and I, you and I were talking about this the other day. I was teaching Sunday school and I was going through 2 Corinthians. And, sec and I just brought this up because I remember this is such an interesting thing. So 2 Corinthians chapter 2 Paul's addressing the Corinthians about the same guy, most likely, that was sleeping with his mother-in-law. And they had now put this guy under church discipline, and but they were not, he had now repented and they were not letting him back. And Paul says in, in verse 11 that, so that we would not be outwitted by Satan, for we are not ignorant of his designs. He's saying that it is the work of the devil to perpetually punish someone who has repented for sexual sins. Yeah. You are actually doing the devil's work. You are keeping the church in a bad spot. You are separating now over someone who wants to be brought back in. They have repented. They understand that they're wrong. So welcome back. Welcome them back in. It is not an unforgivable sin. I think we forget that. And I think, mm -hmm. I think this kind of applies in everything we're talking about here, that there's we have some of these faux pas issues in every culture. In the American culture, it's sexual sin, especially in the non-progressive churches. Like, well, you did uh, a sexual sin that we don't agree with. Okay, well, you're out. Well, that was and the, there's nothing you can do to come back. Yeah. That was the purity culture movement, wasn't it? Because mm -hmm. now you have, how they word it, you've lost your purity. Yeah. And when you start talking about, like, I lost my purity, so it's not something that can be regained, then if that's the case, like, what's the point of repentance? If I'm just yeah. looked at as damaged goods, I may as well have fun being damaged that's goods. That's exactly, like... That's where my mind was. Um, that's exactly where my mind was. <laughs> <laughs> like, if I'm going to be damaged good, I'll have a good time. Let's go. Exactly. It actually pushes uh, someone to more sin. Yeah. 
And they're like, well, forget all you people. Which is what, Which what, is what happened. That's exactly <laughs> what I said like, happened with yeah. me as well, was that whole thing of like, okay, um, well, if I'm damaged goods and just doing one, I mean, they would even say like to hold a girl's hand for me was like losing your purity because you're no longer saving that for your future wife. Things like that where it's like, well, if that's the case, no matter, I've already, I've hugged multiple girls at this point. Who cares? Because I can't gain that back. And I, and same thing with what, and that's why I think purity culture has been terrible. So this is where I think Judaism has been very helpful for me uh, as far as understanding the Bible. Mm. For crying out loud, there's an entire book called Song of Solomon, people. (laughs) And it's a lot of sexy things going on in there. It's not there. It's not, <laughs> Brian is so uncomfortable. My Bible is sixty-five books. <laughs> Brian has removed song of songs. But no, it, but in seriousness, though, it, the these conservative churches that are are can't handle this topic, and this is a little bit talking about myself. Um, it's ironic of the progressive Christians that you hate mm-hmm. that you are creating them. Yeah. You're creating I mean, them. Straight up, yeah. It, it is true because there's no balance there. Like I remember, so a uh, fun, fun, funny story right now. I had a, I had a, a kid come to me that was in the youth group once, and uh, he sat down with me and he, he set this entire appointment up and he was super like you just held nervous as heck and he's like I just, and I was like it's okay man you could just, you just talk to me, and then he was like I just, I really struggle with lust and masturbation and I was like, oh. <laughs> That's it? And he's like, what do you mean that's it? And I'm like, that's it? And I was like, man, I thought you were about ready to be like, yo, I got AIDS. I've been doing cocaine for the last eight months. Well, it's like, was like, I thought you killed a man. I yeah, mean, like, I was like, where's the body? Like, because he was acting so scared. And I was like, oh, so you're a 17-year-old boy. Yeah. And it's not, and it's not to say that it's not a sin. Yeah. It's not to say that it's okay. Because it's still very serious. Like, exactly. Sin is very serious to God. And um, like that's something that I've become very aware of in sanctification once I actually, but the, the important thing was from the beginning, I knew that I was in submission to the Bible and to Christ. I right. knew that, um, from my salvation and growing in that with this area in particular, I will tell you that it is impossible to, well, I mean, unless you just have no exposure to sex at all and you're just not, you don't have a sex drive. Um, and I do believe that those people exist, but. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, I should know a few. But um, I will say, I will make the bold claim that it is impossible to live in, um, you know, sexual holiness without the Holy Spirit. It's impossible. Absolutely. Um, Great point. And just to try to do it on your own. Well, yeah, because otherwise what it is, because what, what Christian is like with that young man I talked to, I was like, okay, so you're a 17-year-old boy. That's actually pretty normal mm-hmm. to have lust or attraction and sexual yeah. urges. That's normal. And I told him, I was like, if you didn't have some sort of sexual urge, I'd be worried because you're 17. I'd be like, okay, is there a hormonal issue going on? We should probably be talking. <laughs> um, we should go to the doctor, maybe get checked out. <laughs> but also... Christians forget the fact that a lot of times that sexual sin, sexuality is literally built into us. Yeah. It's built into your body. It's the one sin outside of gluttony, because gluttony is the same way, that it's a, like a natural built-in desire for your body. Mm-hmm. So it is literally fighting the flesh. 
Uh, so it's like on a literal level, it is fighting the flesh. So we do forget that. And I think it's, it's an important thing for us to be like, hey, look, yes, it is. That's why it's impossible to do it without Christ, because without Christ, it's impossible to live in sexual holiness because it is so natural for your body and for the rest of you just to function at the the next thing that gets you yeah. get, that gets you right. off, so to speak. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. this is like a. We're going to have to r- increase our rating on this episode. After dark. <laughs> the church split after dark. But, but it's I think it's true. Really, I think it's really important to talk about how you call on the Holy Spirit whenever you're being tempted with that. Because, um, I mean, like, even in myself, now I've been really good, like, recently about it, but. Um, Whenever you're feeling that kind of way, like whenever you're feeling your flesh, I mean, I have moments where I will literally like scream at the Holy Spirit and be like, ah! like, please <laughs> just like get it out of me, please. Um, <laughs> like this is, this is my conversations with God. Okay? They're very intense, very intense conversations. <laughs> I'd be like driving in the car, like, I'm losing my mind. Like, please take this out of my mind. Please, because I cannot. I will not. I'm, it's not happening. Um, and it happens. And sometimes I, I'm. God is like, you need to read the word right now. Like, you need to read the word right now. <sighs> so it's very stressful. And it is fighting your flesh. Like, and it's not easy. And sometimes you have to scream. <laughs> you know? Well, I mean, I've, I've also had that moment where it's like I, you're tempted so strongly. And I've, like, I've had lashes out of like anger, but not at God, but toward my own yeah. sin. Where it's like I have had that in the past where I'm like, because I, I want it away from me. Yeah. And I hate the feeling that I have at that time. Because I know that that feeling is only trying to lead me into more destruction. Right. Um, and so and it was funny, too, is over the years... Okay, and I say that like I'm speaking like a 60-year-old man. Like, <laughs> over the years. In my 13 years of life. <laughs> well, it's a little bit older than that. But, uh, you know, when I – over the years where I'm at now, it's like it's amazing how I kept pushing and struggling and pushing and struggling and fighting God, uh, fighting God, fighting my flesh. And then how over time, as I surrendered myself more and more to God, it was not overnight. It was not overnight. But so many of those desires that I used to have that I felt like were almost uncontrollable became not just controllable, but a lot of the desires went away. Yeah. And it was actually awesome. And I, Brian and I have talked about this before because him and I have two totally different pasts, um, very different backgrounds. I was good and he was not. Not to be judgmental here, but <laughs> Brian, 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 how many girls in your middle school did you kiss back in the day? I mean, this was I haven't talked about this in the church school, okay? I have a reputation to keep up. <laughs> it was only in middle school though. Brian was a stud for like six months of his life. <laughs> Fourteen was a good year, okay, guys. <laughs> uh, but no, point. <laughs> We're going to get more hate on this episode than we've ever had, ever, We're ever. Hey, at least we won't have you yelling at us in the comments this time, Brandy. Uh, well, but I, I think, too, it's like every time, though, you have a choice. Exactly. And now I think when you're, you're not saved or you're at the beginning of the sanctification process, that choice seems really it, hard. Yeah, it, well, it like, feels like impossible. You don't have one. Yeah. But I think, if you, like you're saying, you rely on the Holy Spirit 
to help you make the right choice. Yeah. And I think James is very clear on this. Like, you have a choice. It's not God tempting you. It's you tempting you. Well, or Satan tempting you. Yeah. Right. Yeah, but oftentimes it's stemming from your desires, and yeah. your desires then lead to sin. That's James 1. Mm-hmm. So, but I, I think if you understand that, okay, my desires are leading to this, but you have a choice every single time. Yeah. You have a choice, and it's, even if it feels like you don't. Yeah. And it's funny because, like, every time that temptation comes, I do hear a way out. You know, like, sometimes it's leave the house. Like, sometimes it's... I don't know, go for a run or like, it's just, it's very clear to me. The way out is very clear to me. The Holy Spirit speaks very clearly, but the voice of authority in it, I think sometimes I just feel like I can't live up to it and I can't by myself, but I can make the choice. Well, I think that's what gets you know? into what Paul gets into. He says, "Flee youthful desires, flee yeah. youthful lusts." Mm-hmm. I have a friend of mine who was struggling with that stuff, and what he chose to do was he uh, he actually got into gaming because he never yeah. was a gamer before, but it helped him. Where it's like, okay, I have this lust, I have this desire, I have this strong. Okay, I got to do something. Got to get my mind off of it because the more I dwell on it, the more I want to do it. Okay, God help me. And it is like turned into play a round of Call of Duty. Mm-hmm. By the time you're done with that 10 minutes, you're so angry at the guy who's camping and sniping you. Go fight some 12-year-olds on a yeah. virtual you're, game. You're so irritated about getting your butt kicked by 12-year-olds online that you're like, I don't even I don't even want to see a woman anymore. I just want to punch a 12-year-old. <laughs> now, that's a different sin, but at least you're... <laughs> But uh, I, th- th- but that's true. I think there is, a, a, a joking aside, I think there is a very strong truth to the fact of that's what Paul means when he says flee. It doesn't mean literally like lust is in the room and I get to run away from it. It's literally flee the situation. Yeah. What is the thing that's holding you back? Okay, this situation is going to create it. I need to move the other direction. Otherwise, I will fall into it. Yeah, um, you're, you're replacing it with something. Yeah. Right. Like, I feel the temptation to yell at my wife, treat her poorly. Okay, replace it with something. Replace it with, okay, well, let me do something all the ordinary good for her, yeah. right? You're, you're talking about, okay, they're thinking about looking at porn. Replace it with a video game. Right. Even you if you don't it. want to do it at the time, just do it. Discipline yourself. And it's amazing. It's amazing because they say that habits are created in 30 days, right? Yes. So if you, the more you start getting used to saying no to that, the easier it becomes. Right. But it's the first while. I can while. attest to that. I absolutely yeah. That. Well, <laughs> um, I had an incredible moment the other day. I got to brag on somebody real fast. Yeah. Okay. Um, I, I had an incredible moment with somebody who was a strong addict um, to alcohol. And this is somebody I have worked with and shepherded for years. Yeah. And uh, this person ran up to me uh, the other mm-hmm. Sunday, gave me a big hug and whispered in my ear, I'm 50 days sober. Oh, that's awesome. Oh, and I was yes, like, that's right. awesome. heck yeah. And I was so excited because I was like, 50, and this person was like, yes, absolutely. God slapped me awake almost over two months ago, and I realized it has to stop at some point. Yeah. That's amazing. And I was like, that's, am- that's amazing. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, and it is that whole idea of like, look, but it, sometimes it, it is those baby steps. Mm-hmm. And Brandy, if there's anything any, I want anyone to learn from this with you, you, because people a lot of times come to church split to hear us banter. Uh, because Brian and I banter, and then also to break down like a whole biblical passage and pull up all the different evidences yeah. and arguments and blah 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 blah, all the technical head knowledge crap. Okay, and I'm not saying it's crap. It's not. 
it's helpful. That's I, where we live, though, but that's not the only side to live. Right, that's that's where we live, but that is not where, like, Brandy, you did not live there. That wasn't, you yeah. leaned into the Holy Spirit going, I don't understand, I'm leaning on you to communicate this with me. Yeah. And the, your story is so different because I think other people might be able to appreciate it where it's like, wait, so she didn't have all the answers yet. No. I don't need all the answers yet. Yeah. I can just depend on God right now, and he is enough. Yeah. That that was another thing um, on the day, like, while I was driving in the parkway. Um, <laughs> I remember after, like, having the whole repentance, forgiveness, I'm deserving of hell, that sort of revelation. Um. I also remember saying, I don't know anything. Like, I remember, and also, I was very anti-Christianity before this day, okay? So, I was like, I don't know anything, and people are going to think that I'm insane. Like, how, I asked, how am I supposed to talk about this? How am I supposed to, what am I supposed to do? <laughs> How are you supposed to defend something I don't understand? Yeah. <laughs> um, and I just heard the Holy Spirit tell me, um, yeah, you don't know anything and, um, but I'm going to be with you while you learn. And that was just very comforting to me. Um, and that's been the case. And I've learned a lot because I'm not afraid to know that, I don't know everything and be content in that and um, trust that I will just keep learning and that the Holy Spirit will keep giving me revelation um, through love, through conviction, through truth, through like com communion with other believers like you guys. Um, <clears throat> Ooh, I want to touch on that if I can. Sorry, yeah. I, you're on a roll, so if, no, I don't want to interrupt your I'm thought. Good. That's all. Oh, okay, okay, I'm cool. I was learn. like, you're on a roll, but that's like, <laughs> that's another thing that the church I think uh, downplays is yep. the power of fellowship amongst believers, yeah, especially the last year and a half. <laughs> oh yeah, the last. Oh yeah, you really have downplayed the last year and a half, haven't they? Yeah, yeah. we could just watch it coming soon. right off of 2020. <laughs> uh, but it's true. So one of the things that I remember as a pastor. So fun fact for you, pastors, if you look up the statistics, have extremely high depression rates, and they most of them will admit that they feel lonely because pastors don't feel like they can be open and vulnerable because every time they're open or vulnerable, someone will judge them or try to get them out of their job or, you know, anything. This is why I befriended you. Yeah. Any, everything they can, everything they say can and will be used against you in the court of the deacon board. Um, so uh, it is a big thing that pastors struggle with. And... I didn't, and I remember for the longest time as a pastor, I felt that. I was just like, my gosh, it'd be really nice to have a good friend. So I had Andrew, but he lived in Alabama. I'm in Michigan. Then I had uh, my buddy Garrett, who's all the way down in Virginia. And I was up there in Michigan, like by myself. So I would play video games with Garrett, talk to him, or Battlefield One was going on. And that was the only fellowship I had. But then you read the book of Acts and you realize, oh my word, mm -hmm. look at how much fellowship. Most. Half of the book of Acts is sermons, and the other half is fellowship. Yeah. And when I realized that that's what built us up, then Brian and I became friends. Andrew and I, uh, Andrew moved up here, and it was this, I was strengthened by my friendships. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's like, how am I supposed to grow without my friendships? And same thing with you. Like you said, yes, of course, the Holy Spirit leaning into that, his word. But then also, you can't negate the body of believers. Yeah. 
but good believers, like yeah. not crazy ones. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and bear their burdens. And, and oh, yes, exactly. Yes, <laughs> please bear their burdens. Don't crush them under them. I really struggle with this. This is my burden. Well, aren't you disgusting? Yeah. Like, well, like what we're doing tonight. We're, we're, we're talking about real life things. It's stop with the fake Christian banter, right? Well, how was? Oh, it's, you know, it's gonna be sunny, sunny today. You gonna do anything fun? Oh yeah, we're gonna barbecue. Okay, <laughs> boring, blah blah. Oh, what movie did you see? Oh, I saw Vendors. Well, that's cool. Yeah, it's yeah. just like that's not what the body of believers are needing to do. Meanwhile, we need to connect at a much deeper level. Meanwhile, yeah. Brian, you and I, when we are having a bad day, I'll call you and just be like, mm-hmm. "Yo, this is what happened to me today," and <laughs> I am straight pissed. Yeah. Like, and this is what I'm feeling and thinking right now. And Brian will be like, "Okay, yo, uh, you are either justified in your thoughts and, and feelings, or otherwise, will pick your pick your butt off the floor, stop <laughs> stop feeling sorry for yourself, and move forward, or yeah. and vice versa." There's times, Brian, I'm like, Brian, you need to chill, just breathe. Yeah. Um, and that's and that, that's that's, happened twice. That's how okay, okay, okay. <laughs> like Ryan, chill out. I'm like, okay. No, I argued with you. <laughs> yeah, you did not chill out. Instead, you turned your cross hairs on me. I'm I like, was oh, like, here. let's go, Will. <laughs> Three hours later, text messages. Yeah, the, yeah. The, the the church split. When the church split, splits. Um, anyway, but the point is of that is I think fellowship is important. And yeah. and I've definitely since I moved home, I have made. A lot of friends like um, I, I have made a lot of friends and it's been very scary because it was so much easier whenever I was in Boone like just to be with only the Holy Spirit and hiking every day and just not worried about anyone or anything else except for the Bible and Jesus and learning about God um, but that was a season and I also was I was just, I was not ready to even walk into a church. Like I would have like PTSD walking back into a church. And so, <laughs> but then I moved home and I started getting scripture about like having fellowship. And um, yeah. I knew that I had to. And even like starting to go to the church that I'm going to now was just, I mean, it felt impossible. And I was paranoid about everything. We had a lot of conversations back then, didn't we? Yeah. <laughs> you would text me like, this is what I'm feeling about this church yeah, right now. I'd like, just breathe. That. No church is perfect. It's okay. I know. And I really appreciated that because, um, I don't know. I just, I didn't feel like I could really talk about that frustration with anybody else. So that was really nice. Been there, done that. (laughs) Well, I think it's nice too. I'm assuming that this was more frustration. Not you're not gossiping, you're not complaining. You're like, this is what I'm concerned about. And we've had this with some other RFP fan members where we talk about this. And it's like, okay, it's okay to just rationalize your thoughts, think through it, have someone to bounce their ideas off. Am I wrong? Am I right. right? What do you think? Right. Yeah, or maybe have good friends in your or life. Or maybe my feelings are valid, but my thought process is skewed, whatever. Um, the or other... my emotions are like out of control because mm-hmm. for me, it would be like I would just have real, I would have anger outbursts towards leadership and not understand why, you know, or just think that they don't care, like make assumptions basically. But I, yeah. it was weird because I knew that I was not being rational. And so I knew that I wasn't going to lose my temper on them and I wasn't going to just 
throw them out and quit going to the church and isolate myself. Like I knew that that was the case, but I was still under attack um, and like being fed lies. And I do think that that was a spiritual thing. Like I do believe that um, like demons or Satan or whoever was like, so, like pushing me down in those moments. Um, and really the only thing that would bring me out was like reading scripture and it was always about like grace and peace um, and mercy. Until recently you read the book of Judges. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Uh, there's a lot of grace in there but there's also a lot Lord. of horror. Was, I was like, that I was the funniest like video you've ever sent me. Like, I just got done reading Judges. <laughs> And y'all, I'm traumatized. <laughs> Last year, I taught that in Sunday school. I went through the whole thing. And it was, there's something I was like, I have to talk about this in good. church? Yeah. Like, that's oh. not good. So, but I mean, there, there's so much about that in, as far as the church culture. And I'm not saying it's all the body of Christ's fault, but I'm just saying a lot of these things is, can be mitigated if we identify it. So a lot of people misunderstand the church split and think that we're over there attacking the church and stuff. It's like, no, I want us to just be better. Yeah. And I want us to be better. And I'm not saying I'm perfect. I'm far from perfect. In fact, if Brandy ever went back to some of our comments when I we feel first... Like Oh. Yeah. <laughs> like, I was cause... so savage. I was like, you think you're always right? I hated that sign that you had. Oh, it's right over there. Hey, Brian, yeah, want to bring that out? Sign. It says, Mr. Always Right. And I just wanted to like reach in the screen and just like... <laughs> so it was irritated with you. We, it was always put this right by me. Brian, Brian, oh, I thought I thought you were gonna put. There you go, Brian. Uh, so we got that as a joke because my wife says I always have to be right. So then I got it's that, true. put it there. This is actually making fun of Will. Yeah, one guy actually tried to did a rebuttal and actually called you Mister Always Right. Guys, like, yeah, this guy calls himself Mister Always Right. I'm like, it's a joke. I'm making fun of myself when I put that in front of me because I so because my tendency is I always have I I I'm always like I gotta be right mm -hmm. and it's hard sometimes for me to accept that I'm wrong yeah and it's okay <laughs> to normalize that you're wrong yeah. and that's if anything about your testimony and my early early <laughs> testimony is the fact that it's okay to be wrong as long as you notice that find out that you're wrong and you change that mm -hmm. back to being right you'll even see some of the stuff we said last year or year before where we've changed positions yeah where like, i'm not sure if i even agree with old like two years ago will sometimes like the yeah. certain things i said back then i'm like mm, i think i'd caveat that a little bit that's, differently that's why we appreciate so many people that watch stuff and they challenge us and honestly, Brandy, you challenge us. And Will, we we talked about this. Like, why do we keep responding to this girl? Like, we respond to every comment she put in. Yeah, we would go really back and did. forth. We respond to every single it one. It was a thread. And we were kind of like, I don't know why I'm doing this. In fact, you guys probably go to our God is Grave video and find it, find those conversations. You should. Oh. <laughs> do, a, do a little montage or something oh. of the screenshots. But it, it, but it's true to see this. But the point is, and also that showed me. Because I was always told, because I am argumentative by nature. It is my nature. And it's because, again, as much as people hate this, I think this is weird. I grew closer to God the more I understood about God. And the more I felt like, okay, I can defend the gospel. I can defend God, um, even though God doesn't need me to defend him. But I can proclaim truth yeah. into lies and proclaim truth into those who are unsaved. And I grew closer to God with that. And then you were proof. The fact was like, it does work. Yeah. It can work. 
and then it was such a blessing for me because it was that whole, everyone kept telling me I was wrong for my approaches and for talking to people and even be willing to argue with people. I'm like, but arguing isn't necessarily bad. We can be, it can be nasty, but it doesn't always have to be. Ours wasn't nasty though. I mean, I don't think. No, to your credit, it was always Honestly, mostly. you were challenging us. I was mostly... <laughs> mostly. Uh, There's a few times, well, Brian. Well, we got a little cheeky back and forth. Brian, you'd times, get but... sassy. Okay, everyone says I'm the jerk on the church split, but no one's been in a I'm debate with this you. I'm part out anyway, so I don't did. worry. I did. <laughs> yeah, I didn't like Brian. I thought he was, you know, sexist and... Wait, he's not? <laughs> no, just kidding. <laughs> news to me. <laughs> uh, meanwhile, Maybe Brian... Me Stacy go, there's no way he's sexist. Yeah, Brian's <laughs> wife, meanwhile, is the most type A personality uh, like woman out there. But anyway, uh, back to, back to it, the topic at hand. But, but so, it was fun going back and forth. Yeah. And honestly, I, I think we see why. Why we kept responding. Why you kept responding. Mm-hmm. Why you kept challenging us and we were challenging you. I think we were... It, it's humbling to be used by the Holy Spirit through... All of our journeys, right? I think it was that was kind of interesting yeah. and fun to look back at now. Well, it's like I told my old youth pastor because my old youth pastor was like, "Hey, man, congratulations on on the podcast success." I'm like, "I'm not sure if we're successful. We're we're like mildly sized, okay? That's it." But when he said that, I was like, "Yeah, but you realize I wouldn't have been able to do this without your teaching and influence back yeah. in the day, mm-hmm. even though he didn't see it at the time." Definitely, he did not see it at the time. Mm-hmm. I was like the horrible kid in the youth group that nobody wanted. Everyone would pretend I didn't exist. Me too. Hey, yeah, <laughs> woohoo! <laughs> so, Even though I'm saying for everybody, like, so, I tried to blend in a youth group, so I wasn't it, really it, like you guys. It was this. So, but let no I one mean, see me. <laughs> but we just don't know how God's going to use us. So the whole thing with this is, I think some of the things in your testimony are powerful. One, sanctification is a process. Yeah. Yes. It's a process. And you recently put a video out. Uh, so Brandy actually has her own YouTube channel. You can check it in the description below of this video uh, where she's talked about her own journey a little bit. And also you have some music on there. And she's actually a really good singer. She's very talented. Yeah, it's really, really, really. <laughs> if we had more time, Jealous. we couldn't just have her for two days. I would have actually practiced something for you and I to put more together uh-huh. for the video. But next time you come up, we're going to do something. Um, but... We have that in, down there for you to check out. But, I mean, you recently even put up that video, why I, I no longer identify as bisexual. Like, you've shown repentance. And then on top of that, so we see, but I think a, a part of it comes down to a dual, uh, there is a reality and duality. I think the church mishandled a lot of things, like the whole touching your youth pastor thing is super creepy. Um, really weird. Super yeah. creepy. But then it's like, okay, well, this is conservative Christianity. These people are crazy, but these people love and accept me for who I am. Yeah. Now, I'm not saying that Christians accept sin. But I am saying that Christians do need to be able to go, okay, this person has these sins. I'm going to help bear their burdens, Mm -hmm. lift them up, and I'm going to strengthen them as opposed to throwing them to the wolves. I know so many Christians like, yep, this person just went to the world. I'm like, do you... Did you try to ever lift them up? Yeah. Did you ever try to pick them up along the way? Or ask them why? Yeah. Be their friend. Ask them why. Well, the the friend that you mentioned, too, that you said was she was your friend, but she wasn't joining in with the sinful things that you were doing. And that's okay. I think... Guys, you got to come alongside people, and it it might be that you don't agree with the things that they're doing, the choices that they're making, but you can still be that light in their life and just be someone else yeah. that's not just saying everything they're doing is right, yeah. just building up their own echo chamber. You can be that that contrary in person, but also be a friend. Mm-hmm. And that's I think also, Brandy, you asked a powerful question. Basically, at one point, it came down to 
me, my desires, or God's desires? Yeah. Well, if all good things stem from God, then I should align myself with God. Mm-hmm. And that's hard. As somebody who's been there and done all that, got the t-shirt, <laughs> it's hard. Because yeah. uh, So I think that is something that um, the church could do better at normalizing. They don't talk about how hard it is. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Because sin... Just, like, just choose it. And that's it. Like, it's yeah. that simple. Like, yeah. overnight, people say, oh, yeah, my desires are gone. <laughs> and it's not how it works. And how can somebody do that if you're not able to bear one of those burdens, you're not allowed to be vulnerable, you're not allowed to be open about your struggles? Because what really you probably could have benefited from the uh, back in the day, and what I could have benefited from the day, was somebody with, who was close to us who picked us up along the way, was there as accountability, as you said. And women especially have a lot less of that. Yeah. I personally oh, yeah. am the accountability partner to two different guys for porn. Yeah. I get literally a, a covenantized report from them every day. And I have to review it, make sure that everything's good. Um, and we don't normalize accountability as much as we should. Yeah, no. You know? So anyway, I think those are some interesting thoughts there. So uh, now, granted, you said your wife, uh, your wife, <laughs> woo, your mother. I was thinking like a woman in my brain, yeah, like an older. Yeah, white. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, what, what is Will talking oh, white. about? Oh, white. No, I, I said wife, and I was like, well, that was weird. I heard um, white. Yeah, I, I did too. Like, yeah. I was like. <laughs> I was about to say wife. So your mom prayed for you that entire long length of the time, and I think that's also. That was very powerful, yeah. Yes. And I think that also shows the power of prayer. Yes. And the fact that parents and other friends and siblings of people mm-hmm. don't give up on them. Yeah. Don't mm-hmm. just throw them to the wolves and be like, well, they're all beyond sal- salvation. No one's beyond. The book of Hosea tells me anything. It's that nobody's beyond right. salvation. Yeah. There's one unforgivable sin. It's not being gay. It's not being a progressive Christian. It's not doing all these things. It's blaspheming it's the Holy blaspheming Spirit. the Holy Spirit. If you haven't done that, you are in good shape to what still accept Christ. Like, the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. Well, we're gonna have a whole episode on that one. Okay. We're gonna, have, yeah, we're gonna. That's a, looking, that, that's that another two-hour discussion that I don't. Do you ha- think that's possible now? To blaspheme the Holy yeah. Spirit, I oh, do yes. believe it's possible to blaspheme the Holy oh, Spirit. Yeah. Yes. Okay. I, I'm Hebrews six. We can talk about that yeah, over dinner tonight. I, that sounds like we'll a fun talk about it over dinner. But It'll I also want to. I think too, Brandy, you showed a great point in your process of sanctification. You mentioned, I don't know, ten times tonight. You're in the Word. You're reading. You're actually studying. You're trying to understand. And I think so many people are like, okay, I'm saved. I'll go to church. Yeah. That's or it. I won't go to church and yeah. it's fine. Yeah. It's... Because I'm only saved from hell. I'm not saved from my sin. <laughs> wow. <laughs> oh, I felt that. <laughs> that that was little. good. We have like three. I mean... Brandy's had like three good one liners tonight. That's solid. But seriously. Because I'm only saved from hell. That's not a great us. example, Brandy. That is fantastic. I love that. That was good. So but- Yeah, but I mean, really, like, people don't see the freedom on the other side. Like, they only see the sacrifice. Um, they don't see the freedom in Christ and the joy in Christ that you receive when you sacrifice. Um, even things that you believe, like, are impossible to sacrifice. I mean, I was just talking about earlier how I was, like, dancing through the, through the woods and, like, through the streets and... I really did not care. <laughs> I had zero concern about what people thought about me. And I remember in those moments just appreciating my joy profoundly because, I mean, before that, I had no joy. Like, I was completely depressed and suicidal. And I hadn't felt joy since childhood. 
and it was returned to me by God. Um, so that was enough for me to surrender. Wow. And it goes to show the fact that no matter what pleasures the world promises, it's nothing like the peace that passes understanding. Yeah. And that's the only peace that can stem from God. And that is what, Brian? I was going to say, it's so weird for you to describe yourself as being so angry and, and hateful when you're in college and having hung out with you now for a little over 24 hours. <laughs> it's like, wow, you're as happy as it can be. You're just an excited person. You're fun to hang out with. And I can just tell you love life. And I think that's such a cool change i can't even picture you being what you're saying angry you and angsty i can't even and, picture yeah it. <laughs> and that's what, it's funny because that's what everyone grew up who grew up with me knew me as and so when they see me now out like at worship events or whatever like dancing they're very confused <laughs> <laughs> and it's great why is brandy so happy right now this <laughs> yes! is weird <laughs> yes well, like what is going on she's jumping and singing well, and like remember when we had angel wilson on the channel yeah and you know he lives celibate as a person who's yeah. attracted has same-sex attraction and all that and like he talked about it all the time like the lord the love of god and his grace is enough and I think if we really uh, understand that, it's, it's actually very challenging, too, because it also goes to show, like, maybe all my desires aren't all I've chalked them up to be. Yeah. yeah. Maybe he is enough. And the more and more you've, I've grown close to God, I could actually say, like, yeah. He is. He is. <laughs> it's very true. Yeah. <laughs> so... Um, anyway, this is just, uh, so do you have, Brady, do you have anything else you wanted to add or say here toward the end of this discussion? Is there anything else? Mm. A profound thought. Like they're profound? saved from hell, not from sin. Something like one <laughs> yeah, of your good drop in the one liners tonight. I've been enjoying that. <laughs> um, I think lately, um, the main thing that I've been going for is, uh, pursuing peace and, um, hmm. I don't know. I guess just like peace to the audience, you know, you guys pursue peace and um, don't stir up like unnecessary trouble. <laughs> She's on the church split telling people not to stir up trouble. Everyone's um, like, what did she just say? <laughs> That's the reason why I'm here. <laughs> That's a good reminder, though. Yeah, I just I think that's been really powerful for me lately and i think that that is often overlooked like peace now hope i think is looked at a little bit more because we do hope for you know life after death um and for complete peace at that time but i mean the more peace that you can contribute to the world like and exemplify um the peace and joy that christ gives truly exemplify that like don't just talk about it like actually show that you know you are growing in peace and peace of mind and peace of heart yeah. and joy and love for even your enemies um i think that that like could do wonders <laughs> uh I think there's a good reason why after we're saved, we're not immediately killed and go to heaven. Yeah. There's a reason we're still here. Yeah. And I think the reason is the sanctification process needs to happen on earth because your sanctification impacts others. Yeah, it does. And um, I don't know, I just, I, it's, it's a grace of God that he doesn't just go, okay, he's saved, drop dead, now you're in heaven, have fun. 
um, it's no, you're still in, you're still in the thick of it and you're still figuring things out, but you're also impacting their lives. And that's why you're, that's why you're still here. Even as a Christian that you're impacting others. Mm -hmm. Now, as you already know, the question that we ask every single guest that's been on the show. Uh, so I'm going to ask you cause you have your own channel. So you have your own small growing platform you, do. don't, you don't put everything up there uh like every week like we do at this point I should, but, I'm not yet. <laughs> <laughs> but you do have stuff up there and it's good stuff and you recently posted a song with your friend that was actually really well done um so the question though i ask everybody is how do you think that you your message and your ministry can help unite a divided body because our church uh, body of christ is so divided they always want to kill each other mm-hmm. over everything Well, how do you think that you can help unite the divided body? I think that I can help the, or I can help unite the divided body um, by, well, in my particular situation, um, showing people um, within more conservative churches, in more conservative mindsets, uh, that... People like me, who they deem uh, ridiculous at first, because I was—I mean, I was somewhat—I mean, I was kind of crazy. Um, but <laughs> but uh, I mean, I'm still kind of crazy. But anyways, those like crazy little hoodlums who you think will never come to Christ. Uh, those are the ones who can really, really transform and exemplify and exemplify love and mercy and peace um, in ways that you never expected and um, I want to I just want to show that like I still I I love my enemies um, and I I love people who I never thought that I would have loved like I never thought that I would that I would have been friends with guys like, <laughs> in college. Oh no no no. Um, so yeah, I just wanna I just wanna show that um, you can befriend people even if you don't agree with them on everything um, by bearing their burdens and by listening and changing your mind when you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> and being a willy and understand the fact that just because you're proven wrong does not necessary is not necessarily a bad thing. No, no yeah. You should be excited that you're yeah. you now have the truth. Right. Yeah, there's been so many things where it's like, uh, my buddy Vincent was on here a couple weeks ago, mm-hmm. and he joked around, I was like, well, you change the position on theology every week. Yeah. And it's like, okay, to be fair, though, what I do it was a funny joke, but I was like, but what I do is I, I read it, I study it and then I understand it. And then if it makes sense, I shift because I want to be as in line with what makes sense and as truthful as possible. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's true. And I think, you know, learning to, and the idea of loving your enemies and praying for them, praying for them hard, Mm. especially after coming off of a a year like 2020 where everyone, all they want to do is see their enemy and stone them. Yep. Yeah. I think is an extremely powerful message where it's like, learn to love your enemies. And I'm preaching to myself right now. Yeah. I'm as petty as a bumblebee. I will kill myself to cause someone who I'm angry at a little bit of discomfort. <laughs> and it's been something that God has worked on me over the years, and I've gotten a lot better at. It's not perfect. But it is one of those things where, yes, we do art to love our enemies. That is a command. And 
it, does that not welcome people more into the kingdom? Like, if that doesn't make people at least go, huh, Christianity's got something else going on there. That person wronged that person, and then that Christian turned around that person that betrayed them and gave yeah. them a shirt off their back. Yeah. Whoa. Right. What's and going on there? for a plane ticket and, like, flew me out here. <laughs> <laughs> and that's just crazy to me. I mean... The church Would God is great ever do that for me? No. <laughs> I don't, <laughs> like, I don't. Sorry, I'm not gonna. That was mean. That was mean. <laughs> well, but, I don't I mean, know. I don't want to speak for Brenda here. I know. I know. I'm sorry. But at the same time, you're right though. No, just kidding. <laughs> at the same time, she never aired our interview. So yeah, we're at the same time, because oh yeah, you mentioned at the beginning of this that we interviewed her. It was the actually other way around. She interviewed us, and then she never posted it. We just happened to record it on our end to make sure she was covered. Y'all, we're not promoting peace right now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, no, but we're promoting truth. I know. Um, but the to be fair, it was still nice that Brenda was willing to talk to us. Yeah. And she was not mean. That surprised she us. She was not mean. I was waiting for her to try to get catty, and she didn't. She was no. actually very nice. No. In fact, actually, honestly, I would consider her actually the liberal person I would be more than happy to get coffee with, because actually she was very pleasant. As much as I get, want to give her, because her, just her theology is so bad, but it doesn't mean she's like the world's worst horrible human being. No. I'd like to sit down and have a conversation more with her. In fact, if I lived over there, I'd probably try to get coffee with her regularly because I'd be wanting to just talk to her. She's actually able to – she's one of the few people I disagree with that's capable of a civil di dialogue. So I'll give her that. Um, but point is, but you're right. Like the church does need to learn to be the church. This was something that Brian and I, we read – now a lot of people don't like Francis Chan. But we read the book Letters to the Church. And Brian and I both felt like it was the biggest gut punch I think we've ever experienced while reading a book, which is mm -hmm. weird because I've read a lot of books. And that was the one I was like, oh, my goodness, he's right, though. And then I was like, you know, what? it's time we be the church. Yeah. It's time the yeah. church be is just is the church, not a building, not a place where we set together this performance every week and have a cool sermon. Yes, that can be part of your church, but that's not the church. Yeah. Yeah. Being the church is being there for each other. The body of Christ is the world big where we stretch every country all across the world mm. and we all have something in common and that's Christ. Yeah. And how cool is that to be part of that? And it's cool because you're from North Carolina. Yeah. I have this <laughs> nasally Yankee accent and yeah. you got that sweet Southern bell accent. I'm like, Hey y'all. <laughs> <laughs> I still say y'all just because that's from where I was. I, I lived in the South, but I don't sound cool saying And it. I can yodel too. You can yodel. I'll have to do that later. <laughs> well, I know what we're doing after dinner. <laughs> but the but again, it comes down to the church being the church and bearing one another's burdens, loving each other through it, slapping each other in the face with the tr some truth, and then giving each other a hug afterwards. Yeah. It's okay. And it grows felt. So anyway, Brandy, is there anything else you'd like to add before we close? I don't think so. Awesome. I think that's it. I just want to add something. I just it's it's humbling to be used as part of your sanctification process. And I think you've been used as part of our sanctification process. Yay. So this has just been fun yeah. to have. I mean, we started this channel to be ironic, but to want unity in the body of Christ. And now we're literally sitting next to each other where we argued for <laughs> months. I know, you're my friend now. For months. This is great. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, guys, be the church. Yeah. yeah, just be the church and bear one of those burdens. Have a little bit of patience. If you know you have got the truth and you're like, but they don't see it, pray. Pray. Love them. Yeah. And just understand the fact that also 
you can have all the knowledge in the world doesn't mean you're going to change somebody, but the one who can change people is the Holy Spirit. So just depend there. So anyhow, uh, with that being said, everyone, thank you so much for listening. Uh, please uh, make some very warm comments in the uh, in the comments <laughs> about Brandy. <laughs> oh no no, spicy only directed to Brian. Okay, <laughs> and I will be there to respond. And Brian will be. <laughs> um, so. But guys, thank you so much for listening. And Brandy, thank you for coming all the way up uh, to Michigan <laughs> just to sit down and me. have it. That's as the patrons; they paid for it. No. We were well, really worried you. about all the. Thank you, and you as well. Stuff. I mean, you, you're a patron technically. I am. That's funny. Yeah, I have flicks hair. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, guys, if you have anything you'd like to say, anything you'd like to add, please put in the comments below. Don't forget to leave us a five-star review on uh, Apple Podcasts. If you're going to leave us a one-star review, you better say something spicy Bring so it. I can post Bring it. it. Yeah, I want it. I want it the best ad hominem attack you've got. But otherwise, guys, uh, don't forget to check out Brandy's channel. Um, and I look forward to seeing a lot more being posted on there as you start figuring things out. Uh, I know you're nervous about probably me saying that, but it is what it is. No, it's fine. Okay, I will. Perfect. Otherwise, guys, thank you so much for turning into the church split. Y'all take care and God bless. <laughs>